We have established that we are going to build a church modeled after the nature of God because that is the most powerful, the most personal, and the most pervasive form of the church. Christ will build his church against which the gates of hell will not prevail. We're in the hell-busting business. Hell is anything that wants to keep you away from God. So, what do we do? Well, there's a basic building block. Basic building block of building the church. And it's this simple. Make disciples. Make disciples. And to that, we're going to dedicate ourselves. I've told you before, and I believe this because of the nature of God and because of his word, that God wants you to enter into the best season you've ever had in your life. But that will not come if you keep living the same life over and over again. Something has to change in your life. You, you must become more immersed in the nature of God. You must prioritize God more than you ever have. Prioritize him with every facet of your life. Prioritizing him in your giving, in your, in your money. If you don't, you haven't prioritized him. Prioritize him in your, in your time. If you don't, you haven't prioritized him. And your, your life won't get any better. If, if, prioritize him in, in your relationships. Prioritize him. Now the way we know to do that is to be trained, actually trained, in discipleship. And so for the next two or three years, we're going to go lesson by lesson. And, 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 and we followed a, we're following a curriculum. It's a, it's a default curriculum, all right? And this is the curriculum. You can, we have them available in our bookstore. You can buy the book. Don't buy the book. I don't care. But we're going to go through this. Now, this also is the curriculum around which you can gather your relationships. And as I begin... To unfold this curriculum in our midst, we will archive these, these messages. So whenever you decide, you know, I, I've got a few people I'd like, to, I'd like to go through this with. So that you're not only becoming a disciple, you're making disciples. You'll have an example of how to do this. All right? Now, the whole key is we focus on scripture together. This is not about somebody knowing more about anybody else. Our common focus is the scripture. That's exactly how these lessons unfold. Let me show you an example. Let's, let's take the very first lesson. That's what we're in today. And I'm going to read a scripture to you. This is the text for today. This scripture is also in your bulletin. And if you're here, if you've got a worship if you got a worship bulletin, you can pull it out. I'm going to read through this scripture. Now I want to tell you, I want to warn you. At the end of this scripture, there's going to be a quiz. There is. There is. I'm going to ask, just like we do in our groups, when we have a group in our home, we read through the scripture, and the leader simply says, what do you see in that scripture? What are the points, what are the main messages of that scripture? And then the group is the one who pulls out from that scripture what the leader doesn't have to teach. Disciples are, 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 are people who share with each other. Um, and so, and so, hi, Lori. Okay, good. 
um, Lori's going to help us after, we, after I get done with scripture. I saw somebody walking back there. Look at him going, hey, who is that? It's Lori. Um, and, 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 so, and so I'm going to go through this and then I'm going to do what, what if you pull a few friends together so that the, the pressure is not on you to teach about the scripture. It's just, what do we see in the scripture? We want to model that for you. Okay? Okay. I'm going to read it from, by the way, I'm going to, I, I want you to start bringing scriptures with you besides just what you have in your bulletin. If you want to bring the personal, uh, personal devices because you've got the Bible on there, that's fine. But let me, <laughs> let me just give you a little, let me tell you why paper's better. Because, because I, I just want to tell you this. I, I want you to start actually bringing a Bible. And I'll tell you why. I, just a very practical reason. It kind of reminds me of a, of a, of a story uh, about uh, this older couple walking through the mall and they were holding hands, you know. And, and somebody came up to him and said, that is so romantic. And the, and the, and the gentleman looked at, at, at the person who had said that and said, oh yeah, I've been, every time we go to the store, you know, uh, I, I hold her hand. For 50 years, I've been holding her hand. And the, and the person said, how sweet. But he wistfully continued, I've got to. Because every time I let go, she goes shopping. <laughs> Can I just say something about personal devices? If, if, if you get bored, you're going to go shopping. You know, you're gonna, i got to check my email, okay? That's why, that's why paper is good. All right, because I will be boring. I got to tell you, you know that. You know that. Don't shake, don't do that. But let me, let me read this scripture. All Joel, right. before you do that, do you want to tell the folks online while you're reading how they can participate with that address? Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Um, go to discuss at northland.net. Does that, is that where the scripture is yeah. online? Yes, and they can also type their um, discussion their answers in there. Thank you. And you can type in what she said. You can type your answers in there. See, we're a team here. All right. So you, you can go to uh, discuss at northernchurch.net and, uh, and, and, and you will see the scripture. And you can type, type your, when I ask you, what did you see in that? What do you think the elements of this message are? You can type your answer and we can share it. Okay. All right. Let me read. This is from verse 34, Acts chapter 10. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man and woman who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, and we are witnesses of all of the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, 
but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness through his name that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Now I'm going to stop right there. There's more, but I'm going to stop right there. And I'm just going to ask you, just if you're in this room or if you're online, just raise your hand and just tell me what are the elements of the content that you see in the passage that I just read? What are some of the important elements that you see? Just raise your hand. Okay. Do we have a mic in this area over here? Where are our microphones? Come on. We need you down yeah, here. Yeah, Mel- Melissa is going to go in that direction. Okay. Right, turn right. No, no. <laughs> right up there. Raise your hand, please. Thank you. There you go. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. My name is Betsy. I see the whole plan of salvation. I see God's sacrifice. And if you read that, I don't know how you could not accept him for who he is and what he's done for us. Okay, now what Betsy has done is given us a good summary of what the message is. Here's what I want the rest of you to do. Actually pull out segments that you read there so that you can be repeating to us what God's word actually is saying, okay? That's, that's, it's, it's really, I'm getting to where Betsy, Betsy's an uh, overachiever. She, she, got to, she got to where we're going, okay? But, but I, I, here's, what, here's what's important. What's important is that people be able to read scripture for themselves, understand it, pull it out and repeat it for themselves. That's what trains up disciples. So what, who can tell us, uh, reading from scripture, go ahead. Melissa's mic. Um, the first thing that I noticed is um, God does not show partiality. All are welcome. Good, good, good. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but thank you. That's exactly right. And then Bethany's mic. Um, I was the same thing that she's seen. That's what I saw. That God did didn't show partism on everybody. That He wanted his word to go forth to every nation. Great. That's what I saw. Great. Thank you, Sue Ann. Who else? It seems very elementary, but it's not. It's very important. Bill, do you have someone? Yes. We'll go to Bill's mic. I also see here that... um he says that they knew about Jesus and what he had done. So it was a public ministry that everyone was witness to it at the time when he was there. Very good. Yeah. Good. Great. Back to Melissa's mic. Hi, Pastor. My name's John. Um, God does not show partiality. But then we get hit with this one. He became visible not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. I don't get it. After his resurrection. After Mm -hmm. his resurrection. That's the important part of that. But that's good. 
what John just did, this is so important for, the, for your friends to, to gather and to be able to read what they say and then to say, I don't get it. That is so valuable. And because you've got to create a safe space and you've got to feel safe when you look at something in Scripture and go, I don't get it. This is great. This is how disciples are made. Uh, we're going to go up into the mezzanine to Terry's mic. Hi, my name is V. And based on what I'm see, uh, I read from, your, uh, from the prayer is that God gave Jesus a lot of power over us. And as humans, we, sometimes we have certain powers. He learned, instead of abusing it, he learns to heal. Mm-hmm. And you. for that only, I will pray him every day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go over to Jeff. Hi. I recently lost my mom in June of last year. And I was with a, a man for a long time. And now I have to leave him behind to have a future of my own. And I'm scared. Um, I'm frightened, right, Pastor. And I've been coming regularly, pretty regularly, for a couple months now. When does a person heal from a death and a loss of a very special friend? Over a long period of time. Uh, Let me just take a break from what we're doing right now because we've had another subject introduced here. Um, And again, as you're gathering friends, this is what's going to happen. This is a very realistic thing. The question is a legitimate one, and, and it's something I know something about. The, the, the pain really, somebody once told me, the pain doesn't ever go away. You just get bigger around it. And so there will always be a spot with which you miss that person. But God has more for you. And, and so we want you to, to have the fellowship of others who will encourage you and sustain you through this time so that you really can have what you need to go forward. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, Let me uh, take one from online. Um, Maria writes that what she sees in this scripture is that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Great. Um, Let me see. We have, Melissa, did you have someone? Right down front here. You know, what landed for me here was that you've got somebody that gave the most important thing that was to him to somebody else to be sacrificed, that, that he cared that much. And, and I think that transcends for me through, through this right here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jeff's mic. Um, What stuck out to me was he ordered us to preach to the people and to solemnly testify. So once we've witnessed, we should then share that with others. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Jeff has another one, I think. No? Oh, same. Same one. Okay. Bethany? What I got was that if someone's witnessed to you, you can trace that back through the ages to someone who has personally witnessed Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Bill's mic. Yes, one of the things I took from it when I look in here, it's at the end of the sentence where it says, for God was with him. And 
even though he is the son of Christ that came down for our sins and he knew he was, it makes a point of saying that and God was with him. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Um, Melissa. I took away from it that baptism is the beginning of everything. Baptisms, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a lesson on baptism in two weeks. So I want you to, baptism is, a part, is an entry, as you will see, into a new community. But before you're baptized, you must believe. So, so it's really, it really kind of goes like this. The Holy Spirit prepares you to believe. Somebody delivers the truth. You place your faith in the person of that truth, who is Jesus Christ. Then you're baptized. But in a way, baptism is the beginning of your new community. So that's true. Shall we take a couple more, Pastor? Uh, yeah, just a couple more. Okay, Bill's mic. Uh, hi, Pastor. My hi. name's Nick. Hey, Nick. Uh, one of the things that stuck out was the last sentence of him, all prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, I also have a question for you. I have someone in my life who's very emotionally unstable. And if you don't know how they're going to react to something, what exactly do you do? Well, you do what you ordinarily do and prepare yourself for any, <laughs> any menu of, of, of reaction. Um, it's, it, it, sometimes you can gauge if, if somebody's a little bit in a little bit better place, um, then, then you can present uh, something. Uh, if, they're, if they're going through a really rough time and they're really emotional, they got no reserve, it's probably just a time to listen to them. So try to pay attention to where they are at the moment. Uh, but we're never sure of how people are going to react when we say anything, especially people who, who you know, um, you know, are kind of up and down on a roller coaster anyhow. So you just got to love them like they are. You got to say what you need to in the smartest spots that you can, <clears throat> and then just live out the consequences. <laughs> Stick right. with them no matter what. Okay, one more. This will be our last one. This is Bethany's mic. Hi, Pastor Joe. How you doing? I really love enjoying and reading verses 39 and 40 in this particular scripture. And we all witnesses of all things which he had did, both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree, whom God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. To me, the witness that is given through actual people who saw the events taking place is so building my faith. It's just showing forth the truth of the gospel. And then it ends leading that Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. So, uh, you know, I just see the truth of the gospel bearing witness through the witnesses that I could take it as truth today. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just make an observation here? When you are, are, are trying to focus on scripture, there will be many people around you who 
want to focus on scripture, but they will have something in their life that is so uh, present um, that they, they kind of need to deal with this while they're, dealing, that while they're focusing on scripture. In other words, not all life is a tabula rosa, it's a blank, blank slate. Uh, and so what we've heard this morning is people bring their relationships into this. People bring their pain into this. And sometimes you, you just need to speak to that while continuing to go back to the passage. It's just part of walking with someone like Jesus walked with us. And so that's, that's all part of having a relationship and not just a pure deductive Bible study, okay? Because sp- spiritual relationship is not about pure content. Um, it's about the whole person. But it ultimately has to end up coming back to this. And I'll tell you why. Because this is our standard for all belief and conduct. And the reason why we want to talk about this and focus on this, which is who God is as revealed by God through his word, is because people will see things here that we don't see. That's why it's better than just reading the Bible personally with a bunch of commentaries. Because if you have a group and they're, they're saying, this is what I see in there, you come out with a much richer understanding of what God would say to you because you may have missed something that somebody else sees. So, but let me tell you where we're going today with the remaining time. The, the, the essence of being built up in discipleship A disciple is someone, remember, who has placed their trust in Christ, who is growing into his likeness, and who is serving in his power for his purposes. All right? Now, if we are being built in discipleship, there are certain elements, certain non-negotiables that need to be in place. And the first one is this. We keep hearing about this word gospel or the good news. What exactly is that? If we say we're ministers of the gospel or I'm not ashamed of the gospel, what exactly is that? In other words, if somebody will listen to you, what are you going to say to them? What's the basic message that every Christian ought to be able to talk about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done? There was a lady uh, on Monday nights, you know, it, it takes me till Monday to, to really actually know what God's trying to say. So Monday nights before the sermon, I, I, I come out and I hug people and, and, and uh, a little bit more relaxed than, than other times. And, and, uh, and there was this lady on a walker. She always sits back in this section and she's got to be 70, 80 years old. And, and so she said, hey, I want to ask you a question. And I said, okay. She said, when I talk to people, a lot of times I say, do you know the Lord? And I said, well, that's good. She said, and, and sometimes though people, people will say no. And I'll say, huh. She said, so here's my question. What do I say then? <laughs> Isn't that the question? If you have an opening, what do you say? If somebody says, okay. Tell me about this, Jesus. 
tell me what you believe. What do you say? This was Peter's summary to a non-believer. Now, the reason I, I, I want you to bring your Bibles is because in a lot of these, in order to understand the passage we're going to go through, you've got to understand a little bit of the background. So the 10th chapter of Acts, and, 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 and we can just read through this. Uh, um, you can read through it. Uh, I'll just kind of summarize it. It opens up with a person who is a them. He's not a part of the Christian fellowship. He's a devout man. His name is Cornelius. He's a devout man. He fears God. He's a good man. Uh, in as much as any person can be good. You know these folks. You know people who aren't Christians, who are devout, who fear God, who believe in God. They're basically good people. You know them. But they're not yet included into us. And so, Cornelius gets this message from God. By the way, God can speak to anyone. God can't only speak to Christians. This guy wasn't a Christian. And an angel of the Lord came to him and said, I want you to send some folks to Joppa. Because I got, a, I got a guy there I want you to talk to. So he said, okay. Now at this same time, Peter is at Joppa. He's, 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 he's smelling food. He's, it's, hung, it's about supper time. He goes up, he goes up at the, on the roof. He's hungry, remember. And he has a vision. And the vision is this sheet full of animals, many of who are unclean. And this voice says, kill and eat. And Peter says back to the voice, I have never eaten anything unclean in my life and I'm not about to, eat. you know, he got this attitude. I'm not about to eat anything unclean now. And the voice comes back and says, don't call unclean what I have called clean. In other words, you got to get rid of your prejudices. You've got some categories I don't have. And you got to go beyond your own, your old categories. About that time, somebody's at the door. He says, hey, there's somebody at the door for you. Go down and answer. So he goes down there and there's this guy from Cornelius. They said, we want you to come with us. And so they go and, and he walk into Cornelius's house. Now Cornelius is a powerful military guy. Military leader, big, big, big shot. And Cornelius knows Peter's from God, falls down and starts to worship him. And Peter said, what are you doing? I'm a man just like you are. But I had this experience with God. And Cornelius said, well, I had this experience with God. And Cornelius says, here we all are. Tell us what you need to tell us. This is called the Charisma, the, the, the proclamation. This is the message. This is a summary of the message. And this is what we ought to be able to tell other people. All right, I'm going to just give you the elements of it as I, as I kind of pulled some of them out. You can use all of them, but you need to use a few of them. You don't need to use all of them every time, but you need to use a few of them, okay? The first point of what he says and by the way, I want, you to, I want you to remember the lead up because it's the lead up to every conversation about God you'll have. I want you to know this. Before you ever got in that conversation, God was working in their life. You're not introducing God to them. God's been there. All right? He's already been working in their life. He's been working in your life. 
And so, as, as old Methodist, we used to call this prevenient grace. You don't introduce God to anybody. God's already made them. He's already working in their life because God so loved the world. And God shows no partiality. So God's already been speaking in their life. They're in a, in, at a certain level, they're ready to hear what you, have to, what you have to say. Their first reaction may not be the best, but they're ready to hear it, okay? Second, I want you to understand that you've got to drop your prejudices as to who's ready and who's not and who should hear it and who should stop it. God doesn't have those categories. Third, I want you to understand that it, that, that it, it starts out with sharing your life. It starts out with sharing your life. Peter said, don't look to me for the answers. I didn't come to, I, I just came to share part of my journey with God, with you. And I want you to share part of your journey with God with me. Let's share lives, okay? And we'll walk with God together. We'll get closer to God together. Now here are the elements, this, this, the, the basic elements of, of the proclamation that, that are in this. Number one, Jesus is God's long-awaited gift for the whole world. This is in verses 34 through 36. That he, that, 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 that Jesus is not just the Christian God. That Jesus is the answer to what everyone has been waiting on, including the person you're talking to. Jesus is the one whom you have been waiting, the relationship with God whom you have been waiting for in your life. Number two. I want you to know the next, I'm going to go through these, these uh, rather rapidly. Jesus had a ministry of healing and helping people. That is, Jesus' ministry wasn't just a spiritual one, it was a practical one. And those of us who follow Jesus will not just have a spiritual message, we will have a practical service. And so as you are speaking with these folks... I want you to understand, I want them to understand you're there to help them. You're not just there to convert them to your way of theology. You're at their service because that's who our Lord was. He came down, his, his presence was healing. He fed the hungry. He went to the lonely. And so, and so, and, and so that's who we are. That's what a disciple is. Number three, he was killed, hung on a cross, crucified, and he was resurrected. And I want you to be able to say, this was God's son, God's word in the world, who was crucified, <coughs> excuse me, and, 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 and who was resurrected. Because later on, you won't tell, you won't tell them the whole story just right in that setting. You don't need to stop and explain the different theories of atonement um, and, and so on and so forth. But here's what they need to understand. That we had a sin problem. And that has to do with Jesus going to the cross to pay for our sins. But death could not conquer him. He has a resurrected life that his followers also have. Death cannot conquer us. As a matter of fact, we are more than conquerors in any 
thing that would threaten our death. Uh, any aspect of life, anything that knocks us down, anything that kills us, we will get back up from because we have that eternal life in our life. Next. Not everybody sees him. He is a living presence to those who believe. This is what people have to know. That Jesus isn't just a belief. He's not just a concept. He's not just a historical study. What's this? Jesus is a living presence to those who walk with him and have been trained to walk with him daily. We see him working. We hear his voice. Yesterday I was at a men's group um, um, and A.C. Green was talking. Some of you know A.C. Green. He's the Iron Man of the NBA. This guy, when he, during his career, played like 1140-some games just one after another. Never missed a game. The Iron Man, you know. He was also famous, by the way, for being so devoted to Jesus Christ that he lived his entire life until he got married even as an, a, a, a person who was in the NBA who had, had cheerleaders thrown at him the whole time, he was a virgin until he got married as a witness to Jesus Christ. So this guy is somebody who walks the walk. But he was talking about playing for the, um, the Lakers. And he was talking about playing with Kobe and Shaq and, 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 and playing under the, under the tutelage of, of Phil Jackson. He said Phil, Phil Jackson was kind of a funny coach. He said he never got upset like, the, like other coaches do. He never stood and yelled and he never did that. You know, he's just like, but he said he trained us that when he whistled, our ears picked up that whistle and we could glance over and in a moment get guidance we needed, know what we needed to do next. He said, now you have to understand this. There are 20, 40 thousand people 20 or 30 thousand people in an arena who are all yelling while he's whistling they can't hear him every member of our team hears it instantly because we've been trained to hear it that's the way it is with followers of Jesus Christ that's the way it is with people who have been trained in discipleship. Christ isn't some belief that you, that you, he's an actual presence. And lastly, he is the judge and the forgiveness of all who trust in him. The Bible says believe in him, but the Greek is, is pistos. It's not an intellectual belief. Yes, I believe Jesus existed. The demons believe Jesus existed and that he was the son of God. No, who trust in them, him for their salvation. And so what have we got? We've got the proclamation. When somebody says, so what do you want to tell me? We've got this. I want you to know about Jesus, who is the Lord that everyone was waiting on and the Lord all the world is waiting on right now I want you to know that he walked among us just as his followers do for healing and for help 
It wasn't just a spiritual thing. It's a practical thing. And I want to be of assistance to you in ways that are practical to you. I want you to know that he was crucified because somehow our sins couldn't be paid for by us. They had to be paid for by him. And somehow, in ways that I want to follow up and tell you if you're interested, it broke the power of sin. Sin is what ruins our lives. It broke that power. Because he was resurrected on the third day. He didn't die. He came back to walk with us forever. And those of us who follow him know him in our daily life. We see his work. We hear his words. We feel his guidance. He's an active living presence in us. Because he wants you to know that in him is the forgiveness for your sins. Now at the end of that, it may be time to say, so do you want to trust in him? It may be something that, that they say, well, not yet. Let me, I've got a few more questions. That's all right. But that's the gospel. That's the good news. That God sent exactly who we needed to be who we are in this world, to pay for our sins, to walk with us, and to offer this gift to other people. That's the proclamation. And now you know. And now you know. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to say in this prayer, a, prayer, a part of what I've, just, what I've just said to you in, in this, in this um, um, kerugma, in this proclamation, in this basic message, in this gospel, all right, that we need to be able to tell other people. That's why we're still here. Remember, we're here for them. So that's why we're still here. But I want you to know as I pray this, I don't pray this to convince anybody. Because what's the last part of this section that we didn't go through today? The last part of this is the Holy Spirit was the one who brought that message home. You don't need to convince anybody about the truth of this message. The Holy Spirit does that. You present it, step back, and the Spirit will work. It's not up to you. They were so enthusiastic, they wanted to be baptized in a moment. Peter said, great, baptize them. By the way, I want you to know, Peter didn't have to baptize them. The believers baptized them. Any believer can baptize anybody. It's one of the things we want you to know. <clears throat> you don't need to go get a preacher. If somebody's ready to be baptized, you who believe have Jesus Christ in you, you baptize them on the spot. And that, that's all the authority you need. Okay? Again, we'll, te we'll teach you how to do this as we go along. But the point is the Holy Spirit worked. Okay, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the elements of this. And those of you who may not have trusted in Christ before, if you want to trust in him right now, trust him right now. And you will be saved. You will be forgiven. Pray with me. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for the message. 
that Peter passed on to us and, and that we pass on to, for others. That Jesus is your gift to the world, the one we waited for, the one we longed for. Thank you that he walked among us, healing and helping people make us those kinds of people too. Thank you that he was crucified to pay for our sins and to break the power of sin in our life because he was also resurrected so that sin would not have the last word. Sin would not do the most damage. The power of life, your life, eternal life, overcame the power of sin. Thank you that he is with us now and those of us who believe and those who walk with him are aware of his living presence every day. Lord, make us more and more aware. Thank you that all who trust in him are forgiven of their sins. Lord, anyone who has not trusted in you before, let them do it right now, Jesus. Let them say, Lord, I trust in you for the forgiveness of my sins. Come into my life as the living presence who will make of my life whatever you want. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer, you're part of us. You're part of the redeemed community that will live forever but doesn't have to die in order to have the power of eternal life now. And so I want you to keep coming and keep being built up in your discipleship and learn how you can make disciples in the relationships you have with people who will never step foot in, in, in the building of a church. We'll go out and build a church around them. Those of you who are online, I want you to know you are the church distributed now. We're talking about it in here, but de facto, you are the, it's, when you worship online, Listen, according to the distributed church, that's not a secondary experience. That's a pioneering position. And so those of you who are worshiping with, from, uh, with us from jail right now, build a church where you are. God is authorizing you to build a church where you are, to disciple people where you are. Stick with us. We'll teach you how. And all the rest of us, when you go out this week, I want you to know Jesus goes with you. Look for an opening that you can deliver a message that people need to hear. Please, everybody stand for the benediction. Remember, uh, those of you in this building, um, you're going to have uh, the hub focus is faith and finances. If you're going through a difficult uh, time financially right now, let us help you understand God's principles of finances. Um, and, 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 and we would love to do that. In every gathering, we have a prayer team, and, and we have one in Longwood, too. If you have a burden that you want to share, we bear one another's burdens. That's what the Bible says to do. Uh, if you need prayer for healing, we have James 5 prayer here. We anoint. The elders anoint with oil. We've seen healing after healing. And so come forward and, and let the, the elders anoint you with oil. But let's go this week understanding we are disciples of Jesus Christ. He is our identity. He is our power. He is our purpose. 
And where he leads us is no accident. Amen.